another episode. It's the Trailer Island podcast, and that's a wonderful show. When I wrote that, it wasn't instrumental. <laughs> they will be the lyrics from now on, and you will enjoy them. I will. I will learn to love it. I'm sure. You're allowed to love it. It's like okay. Van Morrison's cover of Comfortably Numb. Yeah. And you've learned to love that. You, no, I have you're not. You're a beautiful, beautiful man. It's atrocious. <laughs> anyway, that's not what, it's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, hello, everyone. Yes, hello. Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast, where we talk about films and their trailers. Did the film deliver what the trailer promised? I am Alex, and I'm joined by... Matthew. Uh, and I am Steve of the Dead. Steve of the Dead. Oh, maybe that's giving a... Oh, you might take the crown away from Matthew as the Segway King. I am quite right. good at my subtle segues. That's right. This week we're doing Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> I'd love that, to do Lawrence of Arabia. That did not work at all. That was a terrible, terrible segue. Can I, can I redeem my myself? You can redeem yourself, but what year was this released? 2004. I've just realised where this is going. <laughs> oh, no. 2000. 2005, which I believe makes it qualify for... Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. This is a time tug. Zombies can't get me in the boat. You have a scurvy can. (laughs) I have health to die. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you, Captain. Yes, it's a time tug. Time 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 tug is back. Um, I'm so happy. Yes, it's a time talk because, Matthew, what are we doing? We, we are discussing the much-loved, I think, Shaun of the Dead. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life... Dying on its feet. To a wonderful mum. Oh. oh. Have you ever felt that you're turning into... Something in the world. A zombie. Maybe you're not alone. Piss it. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. It is vital that you stay in your home. Avoid all physical contact with the assailants. So, what's the plan? Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl lizard? Because I love her. All right, gay. Okay. Do something! Wait What a chaotic trailer. That was uh, that must be delightful for you for, for our dear listeners to listen to. There's a lot happening there. Oh yeah. There's a lot going on. It makes sense if you've seen the movie because you know what you're listening to. But if you haven't seen this film, that trailer's just going to sound absolutely like anarchy. <laughs> that was the British trailer. There is a a US version as well. I think it is it's I don't know if it's I think it's more or less I was just having a little look earlier. I think they're more or less the same. It's the narration mainly that's different. Right. Okay. Um, uh, Steve, you have an apology to make. Uh I insisted <laughs> that this movie was released in two thousand and five. Once again, um the views of Steve uh do not reflect those of the trailer <laughs> of the podcast. Uh or its affiliates. Yes. Uh, if anyone wishes to uh, legally pursue this matter, we're all well aware of where you can find my lawyer. Mm. And would you like to correct yourself? <laughs> Remedy yourself? Tell us where... It's 2004. 
Which means that this is a time tug. We've no, already covered that. No, no, no. no, no it's, it's, maybe Matthew was actually correct the first time. Oh, sometimes you you, you make these motions <laughs> that that you only make when I forget your birthday. Ah, uh, which is which is every year. Is it? Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Comes your birthday any- is every year. All right, correct. Moving on, Shaun of the Dead. So, this <laughs> film is a um, Edgar Wright comedy, written, directed by Edgar Wright. Part of the Cornetto trilogy. The first yeah. part of the uh, Cornetto trilogy, uh, made before they realised it was even going to be a trilogy. And, and they named there of because of, I guess, um, just because. In this movie, um, at the beginning of this movie, so the, our main characters are played by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and they're a great com- comedic duo. They've done loads of films together um, before, and, and sorry, TV before this, and then loads of films after this. And there's a bit where they're hungover, and he says, do you want anything from the shop? A Cornetto. It was a throw- throwaway joke. And Cornetto gave them free ice creams at the premiere. Oh, really? And so in the subsequent films, uh, this was followed by Hot Fuzz and The World's End. They only put Cornettos in them in the hopes that they would then get free Cornettos at the premieres again. And this became the Cornetto trilogy. What you're saying is Edgar Wright is a sellout. I don't, well, they weren't getting paid to have Cornetto. They're getting paid in, in Cornetto. Well, they were hoping. They were, it wasn't agreed that they were going to get paid in Cornetto, um, <laughs> but they, they, they were hoping so. So that's how the Cornetto trilogy came to be, is purely because of that. the premiere for this movie. They got free ice cream, which is quite funny, actually. I love that story. Well, now, now this being Shaun of the Dead was released very shortly after Zack Snyder's ah. Dawn of the Dead. I wonder if there's a connection there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not the Segway King. I find it strange because I'm pretty sure it was the same Company, the same. What? Who was, was this? This was um, Universal. This wasn't Universal, it? yeah. Was Dawn of the Dead Universal as well? You've sprung this question on me. Did anyone see the the Zack the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead? No, I've ne- I've never seen that. I've never seen any of the the George uh, Romero. No, I, Dawn well, of the Dead. That's either. the thing is, I am not a huge fan of zombie films. Mm. I, they, they, I don't. It's not so much that they're scary. They just legitimately make me feel very uncomfortable. Because it's this kind of, I don't like the whole zombie thing. And so it is It is actually unusual, even though this is an unusual zombie film, it is unusual for me to like this movie. I, I do not like zombie films at all. I get bored by horror. And so for a horror to be crossing over with the comedy genre, I could not be happier. Well, it's, it's uh, not a rare thing for them, for those two to be mixed together. But in this case, it has a very British take yeah. on the whole uh, horror zombie thing. Now, now the British are quite capable of making zombie films when you think of films like 28 Days Later, which is a, film. a fantastic Danny I Boyle film. I also haven't seen that. Well worth a watch. Yeah. That's, that's well worth a watch just as a film. Right, okay. You, you get Christopher Eccleston in there. Oh, cool. And Obviously, um, Danny Boyle is a fantastic filmmaker. Even 28 yeah. Weeks Later, also pretty pretty decent. Yeah. Um, just before we move franchise. on, um, I just finished my Google search. It takes me a long time because we don't have much reception here. Mm. Um, Dawn of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead are made by the same company. It's not because of the reception. It's because you use your mobile phone like a dad. Um, as, well, maybe I am a dad, Steve. Did you have anything to ask? Tappy, tappy, man. <laughs> tappy with your index hand. Look, look doesn't matter. Um, we, we were talking. So it's very strange... That- Oh, I feel like it's very strange that they were like, yeah, sure, let's release these films weeks apart when it's obviously a very strong play on the name, not necessarily the story, I guess. But it's an interesting marketing decision. 
It is. You can, and... you can easily get those confused. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, could you? Well, if you're not if you're not invested in either of them, you go Dawn of the Dead, and then two days later, I'm going to go see Shaun of the Dead. It's like, oh, I guess they were the same movie. Maybe I I just misremembered it. You know, here's a yeah. tentpole tentpole horror for this season, and here's the British version. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got our character Shaun, yes, played by Simon Pegg, mm. and he's a bit of a loser. Yeah, he's uh, he's sharing his uh, his little house with his best mate. And someone else they both went to school with. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy is, he's successful. He's in his suit and tie. He's got a car. And then Simon Peggs and uh, Nick Frost, Ed and Sean, are basically just drop kicks. They have, you know, well, I don't think Ed has a job. No. Sean has a casual job, I believe. A tech, white, white goods a white good store. store. And um, they're not really, their life has no trajectory. They're, they, they're, they just play Halo. They get really drunk and... That's about it. Head down to the Winchester. Head down to the Winchester and wait for the whole thing to blow over, yeah. And in classical film zombie fashion, not that they like to use the Z word in this film. (laughs) Or do you mean the Z word? The undead apocalypse comes to their front door. Quite literally to their front door. Yeah. The comedy in the... Sorry, no, rather the fact that they completely rely on all the cliched tropes of a zombie film in this... Only adds to the comedy. Oh, yeah. They do it very deliberately, like, you know, like the silhouette person clawing at a door, but they just think it's someone who's drunk trying to get into the pub after it shut its doors. You know, it's that kind of misdirection and sort of the deconstruction. You, yeah, de- deconstruction. You, the audience member, know what's happening, but the characters are so clueless. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. Like, they are, there are real stakes in this movie. People die in this movie. But it's hilarious. It's really well put together. <laughs> Edgar Wright is quite well known for his visual ability to tell a story. Yes. And in this is no difference. No. Uh, and it's even in the trailer. I was actually... So obviously, um, 2004, I missed this film. I was too young. Because this has a hard R rating, this movie. I was too young to see this because of the blood and gore that's in it. As a result, I didn't see the trailer. So watching the trailer previous to us recording this, I was surprised to see... It's almost, it's almost as if Edgar Wright had actually cut that trailer mm-hmm. himself because it's got all the sort of editing tropes that he's so well associated with now. It's even got the music that's in the film itself. And it's such... I've never th- I don't think I've ever seen a trailer that is such a good representation of what the film is. Right. It's so spot on. You're looking both at me look very strangely at the moment. No, I? no, no. I'm, I'm, I I'm, I'm engaged with your uh, oh, okay. excitement. Agree. Yeah, it's su- it's such a good trailer. You watch that trailer, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be a little bit silly. A little bit silly. It's going to be a little bit potentially violent. Violent. Yep. Um, I think that's probably why I didn't go see it in the, in the in the first place. I remember sort of knowing that this film was around and going, "Oh, this is probably just the silly English." Because this is sort of at the time of scary movie and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that's a good yeah. point, actually. It's a, his, uh, contextually to remember when this film came out. It was amidst all those. They're not that those the scary movies films are not at the this is actually a well made movie, whereas scary movies are just let's just be silly and make fun of all the it's not it's not it's not making fun of the it's a comedy film that doesn't deliberately make fun of the the zombie films, whereas like scary movie deliberately is like slapstick comedy, yeah, Yeah. uh, scary movies are a parody. 
I would say Shaun of the Dead is is a satire. I'd say it's a love letter. Yeah, that, that's that's a that's a good way of looking at Shaun it. Shaun of the Dead has something to say about horror movies. Absolutely, and, and scary movie is just simply there to sort just of, parodying it. Yep. Which in itself, I love scary movie. Oh yeah, no, it's, one, not to, it's not to diminish those. Um, that they are very funny films, but they're a very different style of comedy to what yeah. this film is. One of my favorite bits in this film, and Edgar Wright has gone on to do this throughout his career, is this tracking shot from the front door of Sean's house yeah. to the little corner shop where he gets his cornetto, and he asks, "Have you got any papers?" "Oh, I'll just have to come back later," kind of thing. The way there, it does it twice because you've got yeah. the very normal, everything's normal thing. You see, you know, he waves hi to the neighbors or the, a kid, a neighbor kicks a soccer ball around, you know, that kind of thing. And then after the zombie apocalypse, he's hung over. He does exactly the same journey. The camera does exactly the same shot apart from everything is all gone to hell and he doesn't notice a single thing. I think those two shots may be a couple of, of my favorite shots in all all of cinema they work so well they do yeah they, they do. really are again you the audience can very clearly see what's happened and you can see he's in imminent danger and he's so clueless he's just on autopilot going to the little shop it's not only just hilarious it's also speaking just to the 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 zombiness the the uh, mind-numbingness of, of modern day life yes. in that time. And that, that is a part of the theme of this movie. Like There are loads of shots at the beginning of you know him on the bus and everyone's just sort of all... Re- this is before the zombie apocalypse. And they're all sitting there like zombies because it's just that kind of... You, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you go to bed, you wake, et cetera, et cetera. And this film, like you say, it actually has stuff to say. Mm-hmm. It actually does have a bit of a cautionary tale about it, I think. They do a lovely thing with the changing of the channels on the TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, where, they will be he's, eaten alive. <laughs> as they're scanning through as he's scanning through the channels and he's just watching it like just looking for something that's on <laughs> and not actually stringing together like we, the audience, are able to that the changing of the channels is telling the story that the end of the world is happening. <laughs> it's so moment. well done. So well done. Now, talking about the characters and in, in, in this world is it's one problem that I have with this film. Okay. Is that Nick Frost's character, mm. is it Ed? Ed. Is so incapable and yeah. so selfish and so detrimental <laughs> to their ability to do things that I didn't believe that someone could genuinely be that useless. And it <laughs> frustrates... His character genuinely frustrates me with yeah. how dumb he is. You think they went to too far? I think they took him. it too far yeah. with how genuinely stupid the decisions he makes in this film. And it, and in that case, it does take me out of it. And I, okay. I found it really difficult to enjoy this. And in comparison, when I first saw this when it came out, I didn't think of it on that level i was like oh this is hilarious oh what a dum-dum and now i'm just like it's a that that kind of characterization has really aged poorly for me no uh, i'd agree with that because i think it's been done a lot of times and and you look back at it and go ah, like there's there is one moment in this film this film came out 2004 i think we're we can we're fine with spoilers surely mm. um there's a bit where they're trying to get into the into a safe haven fairly yeah. stealthily and his phone goes off and i was like it's, it's, it is a funny joke. But it's like, that's, that would not happen. No, you know, I'd have to disagree. Then he starts playing a slots machine. And, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, there's just... Who the hell put that on? I know. Just, I just underst- on random. I understand where you're coming from with this frustration, but uh, it is there as, as, a, as a stand-in for that dumb archetype. 
in horror movies, though. That's true. I feel like they just that's... crank it too far, though. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely uh, so an talking, argument to be made. Yeah, talking of these stereotypes, though, within these characters, um, I'm surprised I've managed to get this far without mentioning one of my favourite stand-up comics of all time is in this movie, Mr. Dylan Moran. And he plays the kind of... That, so you've got a fairly sort of uh, intricate web here of characters. Cause you've, got, you've got Sean, you've got Ed, you've got Sean's girlfriend, and then her friend, and then her friend's boyfriend, who's Dylan Moran, and there's kind it's, it's heavily implied there was a bit of a love triangle yeah, going on yeah. back in high school where they think they've all met. And they play on that a lot. That that comes up. And so Dylan Moran is playing that character who's just the the unwanted person, but who doesn't know he's unwanted. Yeah. And he plays it so well that he he's he's definitely a background character, but I always find that he's he just does these little kind of things with his glasses, these little character traits he does. It's like he's really funny in this. I don't know if it's the script or the direction or if it's just him. But it's him and a load of other characters do it. Like Sean's mum is so good yeah, in this she's film. Fantastic. Just these little side characters flesh out this movie so well. And you love every one of them. Even if you hate them, you still love them. Dylan Moran's character certainly in this film is probably the most normal I've ever yeah, seen him in yeah. a role. I hate, like, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like I'm him. And I don't want to be him, but I think I would be him if I was in that I situation. I feel like he is in this, he's not being Dylan Moran. He's having to act to tone it down. So I even feel like his personality as a stand-up comic is more manic than this character. Like they've, they've hit him with a tranquilizer. He's quite, to, quite natural, natural in this. Yeah. Then you compare it to, you know, a TV series like Black Books where he's just absolutely manic. But yeah, this is the most, as you say, natural that I think yeah. I've ever seen him. And obviously then you've got the wonderful Bill Nye as oh. Sean's stepdad. Mm-hmm. Philip is his name. And I think even though they play the kind of you know, stepson hates the stepdad thing. The relationship actually plays out really well and is a really heartfelt thing. And it's like, wow, I really care about this relationship. Like these two people, like there's a bit at the beginning where um, Philip turns up at Sean's job to remind him that he's meant to be coming over that weekend for dinner. And you kind of get the feeling that Philip's always tried to have a relationship. They've just not been able to do it. And they play on that so well throughout the film. There's this montage where once the apocalypse has happened and they're saying, well, what's the plan? What are we going to do? It's like, okay, what we do is we leave here. We go grab mum. We kill Philip because it's implied that Philip's been bitten kind of things. Like, we'll, we'll do, they don't care about it. It's like, we'll just kill Philip and move on. But um, then in actuality, it's, it's played out much differently to that. I was surprised about the, the half heartfelt moment between those two characters there. I did, I did realise that this, this film is actually a, a pretty decent character story with a massive asterisk and i I want to put it there because the the film sets itself up to be this 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 tale of sean a 'er ne'er-do-well who is really um maybe just disappointing himself in life he's not living up to his potential in the eyes of both his mother and his girlfriend (laughs) and especially his stepdad and instead of leaning into that part of the story by the end of the movie Sean hasn't really changed all that much. He maybe appreciates his girlfriend a little more, but the the elements they're sort of leaning into at the start of the movie about him uh, reaching some level of potential that gets yeah. thrown out well, the window. Well, at, maybe at the end, bit. even though he again, like, we're not going to worry about spoilers, but at the end when he's got his girlfriend back, they kind of celebrate the fact that they're going to do nothing that day. Which is the opposite of yeah. him trying to get his... Well, I guess his life is together, I guess. But it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, what are we doing today? Oh, have a cup of tea. 
maybe watch the TV. It's like, oh, perfect. Sounds good. It's like, so what, how is that different to what he was doing before? I've never understood what Edgar Wright was trying to say there. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not going to pretend to understand it. I was like, that's an interesting arc or lack of arc. I kind have. of got from it that she, now that they were back together, is that she has been able to uh, change his life in a way that they've sort of come to an agreement where they're still in the same house, but if you look at the house, it's now well furnished. It's it is clean, much nicer. Yeah. It's tidy. I get the impression that it's a weekend. So they're enjoying themselves on a weekend, and that's the plan because we've just gone through this manic hour and a half of avoiding the zombie apocalypse, and now they have the opportunity because they've gotten through it all to relax. Oh, you're saying the film's a metaphor for the working week? Potentially. Like, I, I like, don't know. I kind of okay. like that because yeah, they do spend a lot of the time at the pub after work, if you want to call it that, you know. I, I felt like they finish off better than they started. I would agree. Oh, definitely, definitely. I just didn't think that the two messages, like the message at the end of the film is uh, like, appreciate what you've got for what it is. I didn't think that tracked what, the, what they were trying to say at the beginning of the film. The film's definitely not trying to make some sort of statement no, um, no, that, need, that you need to change your life in any this way. Film, but... It's not Schindler's List. You know, it's not trying to change the world. It's just meant to be a fun zombie film. Yeah, I would um, disagree. Oh. I think it's got a lot to say about our place in the world. At, okay. that, at that part of the century. It does It does say something about just sort of meandering through life, doesn't it? Yeah. Where I mean, just like the difference between zombies and someone who's tired is kind of, you know, mm. indiscriminate. There's Sean no... walks down the street in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and doesn't notice because he's <laughs> so used to these 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 uh, dull Di- characters yeah, around these, him. Yeah, um, these sort of dislocated shapes of people. Yeah. And perhaps he yeah. himself appearing to be a zombie is that none of the other zombies pay attention to him. Yeah. It's definitely got cultural value, I think. I guess, oh, no, no I'm yeah. not, I don't want to dispute ba- the cultural value. Because I guess basically, like, that is then implying that he is already dead inside as well. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. That, that, especially that, the one for me is that shot on the bus is yeah. where he's sitting there and he is a zombie on that bus just going to work. Mm-hmm. And he is just dead to the world. And I think, yeah, I know. I, maybe I have to retract my statement now. Now that I've, we've discussed that, yeah, it's definitely got stuff to say. Definitely not just a simple comedy film. No, no, that was a disservice. I think there is, yeah, a, a simple comedy film just gives you a laugh a minute and you move on. But in this, you are—it's punctuated by, honestly, extreme violence. Oh. And there are, you know, there are. <laughs> yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. This film, like, there is actually some really horrific gore. Oh, genuinely horrific. Violence. I'm so dis- desensitized. <laughs> if, I, I've never really considered that at all. I, I've always watched for, that movie. For me, and I'm like, it's um. Huh. So the the film that came out after this, Hot Fuzz, which is the police buddy cop film. There's a bit where the church falls off and lands on a guy, impales him. Yeah. For me, that was horrendous. But I remember talking to someone about it. And said, "Oh, that was fine." It's like, in what world is seeing that fine? <laughs> It's just yeah. So I, just a top uh, comment I, on I, I, I being sort of, desensitized. You know, they get access to a gun at some point. I'm like, yeah. they're shooting people in the head, and like it doesn't hide any. To of a it. Queen yeah. song, yes. <laughs> and and I guess that's the lovely juxtaposition that you get. That is the comedy element. Is that yeah. they're doing these horrific things, and then it's set to, you know, a pop song. There's there's actually talking of the pop song that the Queen song they use. It's a nice comment on mosh pits as well. Which is, you know, they cut to, they're trying to flick, they, the lights are going off because the switchboard's been yeah. hit or something, or, or he's trying to find the right switch. And so outside you've got these flashing exterior lights on this pub, and the way the camera moves is like, 
it's just the it's just the front of a mosh pit. That's yeah. what it looks like. It's actually quite well put together for that. The imagery they sort of evoke throughout different moments in this film is quite interesting. That's where really like the last ten minutes where they're sort of pulling all the elements together, and you can see yeah. that um, now society has use for zombies. They're working menial jobs. Uh, yep, like contestants on reality TV. <laughs> There's that woman who that, still married to her zombie husband. Yeah, still loves actually, him. you know what? That that is the point. This film is trying to make a point about yeah. society. <laughs> you are absolutely right. It is trying to make a lot of heavy points about society, and, and I think it, the fact that <laughs> it's taken maybe us two, Alex, a while through this conversation to actually realise that means it's done it in a very subtle way and a very successful way. Well, one of the opening shots is is just this guy shuffling through trying to collect trolleys <laughs> and at the end of the film it's the exact same shot yeah, except for the guy's now got chains around him so cuz he he's can't, a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Very good point actually. Edgar Wright really is I guess known for his visual storytelling. Oh yeah. And very very clever filmmaker and he yeah. sticks to it. I guess I say he sticks to it even though this is sort of the first one we sort of really saw that that type of film that he makes? Oh, I want, I want to say so. I know he did Spaced. He was involved in Spaced. I believe he's well, yeah. This. But I, I've seen, I think, the first season of Spaced, and it isn't shot the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this film was him really stretching his legs. I think. I think. I'm not an expert on, on Edgar Wright, but yes. Maybe you should be. Maybe, uh, maybe I should be, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's give this thing a rating, guys. Now, what are we gonna do? what's tropical themed but zombie themed? Or Can we do bloated corpses this week? Oh, no? Damn it. Oh, I'm tempted. <laughs> um, no, I think we, we should do something with red on it. Just something with red on it? Yeah, five somethings with red on it. Well, for me, it's five somethings with red on it out of five. Well, give us your reasons. Yeah, go on. Uh, I yeah, like, well, I think I've sort of touched on 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 the commentary this this film gives us, which I think is is spot on to a T and still relevant today as well. Uh, I think the comedy is is second to none. If anything, if anything, it's 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 a little bit. Uh, uh, I would say I would say more refined in Hot Fuzz. And it's just a little bit shaggy in this film, but still really, really good comedy. Okay. Um, and yeah, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, fantastic. Oh, they're a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually going to give this film a four. I've always felt that Hot Fuzz is the, is the superior film to this, and I know that is a point of contention amongst Edgar Wright fans mm. across the planet. But um, I, I give this film a four because even though we do, it is exceptionally well made, I still think, following on from what you said, I think it wasn't until Hot Fuzz that he actually nailed it. Yeah. I also don't like films, spoiler alert again, where almost everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is chiefly why I don't like zombie films. So for that reason, it's like uh, I it the, the last half hour has actually got a bit of a depress- depressing edge to it, which I don't don't really enjoy, despite the comedy. So yeah, it's a four from me because I think Edgar Wright, uh, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost were definitely onto something here. They'd found their style, but I don't think they'd nailed it until Hot Fuzz for me. So it's four. Okay, well, I am going to don't jump the table. <laughs> Ooh. Three and a half. You have been uncharacteristically quiet during this. Well, I, I think for the reasons that I stated before is that they tried to look at some of the tropes of characters and just amp them up too far to the point where it did feel like it erred on the side of ridiculous. 
I believed Sean as a character throughout it, someone who comes to the fore and has that hero journey and changes throughout it and kind of Is that because Simon Pegg's just such a good actor, do you think? Well, no, I think he was given the opportunity to evolve throughout the film. His character was given the opportunity to change. And I think he does. Yeah. And you know, and that's what I'm saying, he does, but Ed in this, I just feel like (laughs) is just a character so wound up in the opposite direction that it just totally trips into silliness. You think that maybe um Sean and Ed, it's weird that they're friends. I can, I can, I got, it got me thinking about like if I tried to treat, you know, if I had a, my best friend acting that way, Yeah, I feel like I, as a best friend, you would be able to do something to say, hey, no, this is not okay. I definitely wouldn't tolerate, yeah. The that, way that the way that Ed happens, like even uh, the way that Ed happens, the way like, he you, you, you believe Sean as a character, but you like you get to the point like you can believe them being friends, but it gets to the point where you just like, like he even though he he still confronts him about how useless he is or how stupid the decisions that he's, he's making. Dogs still can't look up. Like it just, <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't quite. Uh, no, I, and, I, I, I do. Ed is actually my one of my least favorite characters in this film. Not because I don't like the character type, but like you say, they just I think go a bit too far. He, and and possibly because it's so believable. But but Sean's mum really frustrates me in this uh, film. Like she does it so well. But I was just oh, like, the whole, she's so delightful and also clueless to what is going on. Yeah, yeah. just like like I know that these characters are doing these things to stop them or you know change. I was like, oh, it's like just, when uh. a, when a, a, a character has has passed away and and um, Sean just yells out, "Oh, the, this person's gone." And she goes, "Oh, where have they gone?" No, no, <laughs> no, he he's gone. Like he's 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 dead. No, they're not. They're over there, and they're like you know turned into a zombie. It's like oh, that cluelessness is so sweet, but also, how can you not be aware of what's happening? Yeah, it's just. But it's it's a comedy, you know. It is a comedy. It's a you're character. right. You're right. I do love Sean's mum in this. She's she's such a great character. Um, I I sometimes do worry that the style that Edgar Wright puts into things is done so to cover up some inadequacies. In this, I feel like in some places it may do it, but ultimately, mm. as you say, it's not as clean as Hot Fuzz. No, Hot no. Fuzz is the like the ultimate example of his style, I believe. So. Not that that should detract from this film in any way, but I feel like it he was can. getting he was getting somewhere with it, but it just wasn't quite there. So th- yeah, three and a half for me. Okay, can I um, ask you guys a question? Sure. How do you pronounce the actor that plays Sean's roommate? All right, now I see. I didn't want to say his name earlier because I don't know how to say. It. I know he was the voice of Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. Is it? It's Peter. He legitimately voices Darth Maul in Phantom Peter Menace. Peter Sefender. Did they change who his voice was? No, so in Phantom Menace, it's this guy, Peter, whatever his last name is. And then um, what's his face who did the Clone Wars didn't come in. Who did Clone Wars, Steve? Darth Maul voice? Ray Park. Uh, no, he, no. No, it's... so Ray Park is the is the is on camera, but, Sam the, Whitwer? but the voice is Peter. Sam Whitwer? Sam Whitwer did Clone Wars, so he's not yeah. in Phantom Menace. No, 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 but the very fir- the first Ray, season Ray, that... Ray Park he... does the physicality yeah. of Darth Maul, but it's not his but voice. But Ray Park voices him in... No, he doesn't. Clone Sorry? Wars? No, he doesn't. It's Sam Whitwer. Peter Serafinowicz. 
Peter Serafinowicz. Sam Witwer does the voice in all of the Clone Wars, and they got Ray Park to do the physica- physical yeah. stuff in the final season. Not that we are not talking about Shaun of the Dead anymore. I apologize. To so we're sort of doing it. So, uh, yeah. Sort of, I guess. It's Peter no, I've got him as Ray Park, Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Yes, because he, did, he didn't do the voice. <laughs> it says Darth Maul voiced he by. He did not voice him, I promise you. <sighs> I he also am. didn't voice him in Solo when he appeared there. Well, that thanks Ray- for listening to that, to guys. That was a trailer. <laughs> what do you mean Ray didn't? You no, no. So Ray, Ray Park appears in Solo, on all the but Sam Witwer did the voice. Uh, we've got an email. As I well. don't. I I am having sure problems with Look, we what you're. We, we won't uh, go through this Twitter? while we're recording. There's a, there's but I, I, it's true. Like there's Steve, running, back me up. Steve, you know the. There's Steve, a running joke. You know this to be true. I agree with you. Tell him. I'm trying to wrap. The, the the body of Ray Park and the smooth pipes of Peter Serafinowicz. <sighs> and in Sam Whitworth for The Clone Wars. Okay. I believe you. Have you got you. any um, suggestions for movies we should review? <laughs> uh, so we're just having a bit of a domestic a... on this island. Okay, as it turns out, yes, Matthew, you were right oh, again. That's twice I'm right in one episode. Hooray for me. Okay. Oh. I'm very close to, to forbidding Matt from talking about Star Wars. <laughs> On the island anymore. <laughs> it's probably for the best. <sighs> Shaun of the Dead is a movie that we've been talking about. Oh, look, it's the theme music. <laughs> Can I try the outro? I've never tried the yep, outro. Yep, go for it, Steve. Uh, this has been Trailer Island. Uh, my, I've been Steve. I've been Matthew. And I've been Alex. And you can uh, hit us up on all the uh, on the, all the socials. Uh, you can give us a rate on any uh, any um, podcasting platform you listen to us on. Uh, you can get in contact with us, or you can we're available on on the emails. Mm. If you've got any suggestions on what we should uh, should maybe review next time, please send us a suggestion. Uh, reach out, touches, lovers, haters, even if you don't want to. Um. Yeah, this has been the Trailer Island podcast. Uh, at at Island Trailer, this is, that's one of our things on it the is. Twitters. Yes, the email is contact at trailerisland.com.au. That's correct. Yes, I was about to say that. Oh, sorry. Yes, you sort of trailed off a little contact bit. Contact at trailerisland.com.au. Um. Yeah, that's. Hey. Uh, that's a- Thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in once again. It's always great to have your company and your support, as always. Um, yeah, it's been another week at the Trailer Island podcast. Uh, we, we, I did that first up. I got out of order, didn't I? I'm who, who are we all? Who are we all? I'm Steve. And I'm Alex. And you're Matt. Cheerio. Good night. We've been the Trailer Island podcast. No, no, Alex, we've done it. We've done it. Oh, sorry, and you can catch that as on a little Trailer Island podcast. This is a Narrative Network podcast.